episode 191 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. And as because of that, you should drink the coffee that they make. <laughs> oh my God, I'm... S- I had like so much better stuff planned in my head. We are part of the Dorkening Network, and uh, we are broadcasting here in uh, the Pat Cave, deep within the depths of the bottomless Magenta Manor. And uh, I don't know if that makes any sense. But I am joined by my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, and today the captain of Cabernet. Uh, she is the Michael Phelps of wine and the queen of the monsters and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashes on Nightmare. Ahoy. Ahoy there, ye scurvy sea dog. I believe that this episode is going to be magically delicious. It. We certainly won't have any Twix up our sleeve. And speaking of Oh, I fucked Gra- that up because yeah, it is Twix. You it's not Twix. Twix. Oh, <laughs> I ruined everything. Oh, I womp, need a nap. I need but a nap. speaking of Deadly Grounds coffee, coffee, especially Deadly Grounds coffee, would pair really well with this episode. Yes, because uh, it's part of a complete breakfast. Unlike chocolate frosted sugar bombs, which is what Calvin eats from Calvin and Hobbes. He said it's part of a complete uh, breakfast. It has 100% of the daily allowance of caffeine. And uh, you know, Cal- there's a whole lot of cereal stuff related to Calvin. He puts, uh, puts Alka-Seltzer in his Raisin Bran because he likes to see it fizz. Cause he- Raisin Bran is boring. It's not like Rice Krispies because it doesn't snap, crackle, and pop. So he puts Alka-Seltzer in his Raisin Bran. Yeah, Raisin Bran is definitely the senior center of cereal. Do you know if you mix Raisin Bran and Cheerios, it makes the, uh, I don't know what the chemical reaction is. It makes you want to play shuffleboard? It makes the raisins super chewy. Really? Yeah, it's weird. Because we used to mix all our cereals uh, once they would get low. Yeah, yeah. You, you mix the cereals together. And Cheerios and Raisin Bran mixed together make super chewy raisins. That's, that's science. That's really weird. I've never I don't think those are a combination that I've ever done. But we did that growing up when we would have like a partially empty box of cereal. You couldn't let it go to waste. But it wasn't it enough It wasn't enough make, for one bowl. Yeah, it wasn't so enough you had to, to make, make up like one else. satisfying yeah. bowl of cereal. So you would kind of do like a, a soda fountain suicide type thing with cereal and You'd see have, what you could mix together. You have to mix certain things and it takes a lot of trial and error because like I Cheerios mean, would mix with anything. Well, especially if it's just plain Cheerios. That's what I'm saying. Cheerios. I didn't yeah. say Honey Nut Cheerios. I just said Cheerios. Okay, well I'm just saying. Like, Cornflakes yes. tend to work really well. Well, anything that's like a bran or just kind of I don't want to say flavorless, but something that's not sugary and overpowering with flavor would pair really well with anything that does have an overpowering flavor because, you know, it could it could take on that flavor, especially right, like if you let it sit in the milk long enough. Cheerios with, say, Cocoa Pebbles or Cocoa Puffs or Fruity Pebbles worked pretty well. My brother tried mixing it. Mixing cereal with orange juice one time. That wasn't a good idea. Then he was like, I like kicks a whole lot. I'm going to pour water in my kicks. Why would you pour water in your cereal? He was experimenting. It was. This was also the time where he used to eat mayonnaise out of the jar by by the spoonful. So 
he was you know, they tried eating a bouillon cube without like just a bouillon cube. No, that's because I told him it was candy and he was dumb. And he, I told him it was candy and he went to eat it. And he, t- he was like, oh, candy, because we had those little. This candy tastes like salt. Well, you know the little uh, cube caramels? This candy. You know the caramels that come like in the gold? Sadness. They come in the gold. Yes, I know what you're talking well, about. Well, I'm the waiting candy. for you to acknowledge I'm, it. Yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. I eat candy. I know what they are. So yes. I had some of those and I took a bouillon cube and put it in and gave it to him. I was like, oh, these are so good. Oh, nom, nom. So he opened it up, tossed it in his mouth, and it was the funniest goddamn thing. It was so great. So today, obviously, we're talking about cereals, and there's a reason why we're talking about cereals. But before we get into all the mascots and whatnot, Ashes, what type of cereals? Well, wait, 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 wait. wait. Are you going to let the people at home know why we're talking about cereal this week? Well, I was going to get into it after we talked about our favorites and like when we get into our main Well, I think we should just talk about it. All right, well, go ahead. So we're partnering with Retro Redoctopus to bring you this balanced breakfast. They, on Tuesday of this week, released their ex- episode on Tentacle Tuesday. About cereal, their favorite cereals from childhood. And it was a great episode. They named a bunch of cereals that I had never heard of. Some that I completely forgot about. A bunch that I hadn't even had the opportunity to try. It's a great episode. So definitely look them up. The Retro Redoctor, uh, Retro Redoctopus episode uh, of this past week. All about cereal. And what we're doing is we're doing something a little different. So not only are we going to be talking about cereal, particularly the mascots of cereal, but the battle this week is something super special and something that we haven't done before. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Yes. Because it's going to be, I don't want to say a little confusing, but it's definitely going to be... It's unconventional. Different than what we've done before, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. So stay tuned, stick around, and we'll give you the instructions. Yeah, so with that being said... What? We will see you next Thursday. No, I'm no, just that, kidding. That'd be a, <laughs> that'd be a short ass episode. What What are some of the cereals that you used to eat as a kid that either you can't eat now, or you know, aren't around, or just? Oh, so you some of my favorite cereals. Some of the stuff you used to like to eat as from a kid. my youth. Yeah, when you was a youth. My my youth. Um, so I used to like a lot of things. I used to love real. I, I think every kid loves really sugary things so of course i loved like lucky charms and fruit loops uh there used to be this cereal they don't make it anymore it was in the um i think the mid 90s is when it came out it was called waffle crisp yeah waffle crisp there uh we actually have a commercial for waffle crisp that we'll be playing in awesome the i fucking loved that cereal from so the 70s only- from what? Waffle Crisp wasn't from the seventies. This commercial is from the seventies, okay, and they maybe, talk about Waffle they, Crisp. Maybe it was one of those they they put might it have away rebranded and they brought it, it back. Yeah. But anyways, I used to love that cereal. Like Captain Crunch, it would destroy the roof of your mouth. But if you let it sit in the milk just long enough, it would retain most of its its crunch. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't like completely eviscerate your. 
your mouth. My cereal does not shred the roof of your mouth. Uh, but it was so good, and it made the milk after taste like maple syrup and cinnamon mm-hmm. and yep. sugary goodness. So, you know, that was kind of like an added bonus. It's like you got to eat this really delicious cereal, and then the milk was really good, too. There was also this Barbie cereal. It was called Breakfast with Barbie. And I didn't, I remember having it a handful of times. I didn't get it often because it was one of those like branded cereals. So it was $24 more expensive than some of the other cereals. And I remember it being fruit flavored, didn't have any marshmallows or anything in it, but the cereal was in the shape of like Barbie's accessories and stuff. Yep. Shoes. Little bows, little bees for Barbie, and there there was like a Barbie on the box and stuff. Like I used to fucking love it. Um, and monster cereals, which we'll talk a little bit more later about that. But I used to love the monster cereals. I still do love the monster cereals. Actually, um, I think that's it. Oh, and do you remember the fun packs of cereal? Like the little ones? Yeah, like the like little, the little I used to love it when the fun packs were on sale and my parents would buy that instead of the big boxes. Because That's you didn't when have we would to, mix that shit up. Yeah, like you didn't have to commit to the big box of cereal. Frosted Flakes and regular and regular Corn Flakes, mix those together. Well, I mean, like that's, they're pretty Well, that's what my similar. parents would want to do. But like, so we, you know, so you weren't, weren't consuming weren't that much crushing sugar? Crushing a ton of sugar, yeah. But like you know, you would get like the frosted fra- flake, frosted flakes, frosted Jonathan flakes, Frakes. and like the corn flakes and the Fruit Loops and the Apple Jacks. Oh, Apple Jacks were really good. Corn Pops were really good too. And like sometimes I I forget it was also branded. So like it was Kellogg's, Kellogg. Well, General Mills did their and Post own. did one too. Yeah. So it all depends on like which brand Post you went was with as to least what type of. Was the, the post was for the older people because so I was like Raisin Bran and Total and shit like that. See, I liked Raisin Bran. I did too, but kid. if I had the choice between Raisin Bran and like Cookie See, Crisp, I went for the. <laughs> I I usually I went for the Raisin Bran. I was very regular as a child. I'm, I'm fairly regular now. <laughs> but Cookie Crisp was another good one too, oh, and it God, made the yeah. milk taste really good because obviously it was like a play on cookies. And fucking milk. cookies. Like that's, it was little chocolate chip cookies. Ooh, How do you go wrong with that? I also my, I remember my sister. She liked kicks, or I don't know if she liked kicks, but my parents liked buying kicks for her. Did you ever say, "Hey, you want some kicks?" And, and then, then start kicking her? her? Yes, absolutely. I did that because I'm the oldest. And then you could have been and like, I "Hey, had to teach her have some checks," and then like you hip checked her into the wall. Uh, but I remember they came out with like a berry kicks. That had these like little berry balls in with the normal like kicks balls. Yeah, yeah, they were like you know purplish. what I'm talking about. Yeah, like and those were really I I liked those. It's because kicks really didn't have a ton of like they were very lightly sweet. It was yeah, it was kind of like a a couple of steps up from a Cheerio. It was it yeah, it wasn't quite honey nut Cheerios and it wasn't quite bland like regular Cheerios, but it was in the middle. I remember the commercials. It's like you know, kid tested, mom approved. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the kids liked the flavor. Like, it was just sweet enough, but it wasn't, you know, um, it wasn't overly sugary. I remember my mom used to buy Honey Nut Cheerios because she liked the bee. Yeah, the that's bee that's guy. a reason to buy that. Like, oh, the cereal's garbage, but I like the mascot. Well, we used to have... Uh, I do you like can Honey get Nut Cheerios. The, you can get Cheerios in, like, the huge boxes. 
sometimes you can't get the flavors because they have mm-hmm. so many different flavors now. I think Frosted Cheerios came out when I was younger. The cho- they have the chocolate, too. Now they have butter. chocolate. They have like the multi-grain ones, which are actually really good. But just plain Cheerios. So I remember we got those a lot, and I would sit there and just like add spoonfuls of sugar. That's how I <laughs> ate my cornflakes. My cereal. Like now, now as an adult, I can just eat. You know a thing of plain Cheerios and not have to adulterate it in any way. My problem is I'll, I'll go and I'll crush an entire box of like cocoa pebbles. Well, that's why like, I feel like meal. as an adult, like cereal is very impractical. It is. It's like, Oh, like I can't have one bowl of cereal. I have to have an entire box. Well, I mean, that's why cereal is good as a snack. As an adult, if you want something sweet or whatever, but it doesn't really, it's not like a meal. It's not, I don't think of cereal as like breakfast anymore. No, it's a, you partially because it I don't ice cream eat or... breakfast. It's just coffee. But you know, you say ice cream. You take the uh, like vanilla ice cream or whatever. You sprinkle like um, fruity pebbles or, tr- or cocoa pebbles or cocoa krispies. Oh, you God, throw that on there. Pebbles. So for me, I used to like before you name everything. I know I couldn't name ev- like I ate a lot of cereal as a kid. I, I feel too. like it's like a s- typical like kid staple. Yeah, cereal because it's, it's easy. easy. You can you know once you're like seven or eight, you can pour your own cereal. Right, you mom feel doesn't have to like do it for you. Dad doesn't have to do it for you. You can get up and watch like how typical and amazing was it to get up on a Saturday morning, fix yourself a bowl of cereal, park yourself in front of the TV, and watch Saturday morning cartoons. Right. I mean, that's that's how we grew up. Right? Like, that so. was amazing. And then after, when the t- cartoons got boring or, you know, you didn't want to watch them anymore, you would play Nintendo. Or go outside. Or go outside. Yeah. So, for me, I used to really like uh, O's. O's? They were o? like $2 a box. Is and they like were the like the Malto meal version? No, 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 no. No, they were, um, and I've had them before. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't make a ton of them anymore, but they were like... Uh, Two or three times oh. bigger than a um, than a Cheerio, so they're much larger, and they had like little grains and stuff on the inside, but they were sweetened. Really like that. Um, the uh, some of the like they were more expensive, so we didn't get them all the time. But like the ones with like the like the honey bunches of oat type thing that had like the cornflakes and then like the big crunchy like grain clusters. I really liked those. But as a kid, like O's, I I always ate O's. I remember being like three and four years old and like having that, and I really liked it. They had one called OJ's, but I don't remember exactly what those were. were. Like I just remember eating the cereal. I think they were similar. They actually, um, I think Parasite Steve brought that up on Retro Redoctopus. I remember eating those, and I really liked them. Uh, Obviously, I had the Mr. T cereal, which was essentially Captain Crunch in the shape of a T. Um. Obviously, Frosted Flakes, Cheerios, Honey Nut Cheerios, all those different variants. Checks, I really like checks. Uh, I'd have to put a little bit of sugar on the plain rice checks or corn checks. I think I preferred the corn checks. Um, one thing that we used to get, and I don't remember if you got this too, but like the strawberries in the can, like the strawberries with like they were in like a little, no. so they were in like a little metal tin. And they were frozen, but you just you know let them thaw in the fridge. And we put a little bit. There was the syrup that was in those things was super sweet. We would take some of the strawberries, put them in with cornflakes, pour a little bit of the strawberry syrup into your milk, 
and like you would forget that you were eating regular cornflakes, and then corn and not cornflakes. Uh, Special K ended up coming out with like the strawberry and the blueberry. Like oh, the, yep. And it's because they worked really well. Like I always, I thought Special K had more of like a special weird properties. rice flavor to it. Like, like they it would give you superpowers. No, like it wasn't as good as cornflakes. Like I just preferred cornflakes. Um, you know, we when my brother was a my youngest brother Dave was a baby. We had tons of Cheerios because you can just give a baby a handful of Cheerios, and you know, you know, he would just eat Cheerios, and so we had tons of Cheerios. Um, obviously, Cookie Crisp when the Oreos cereal came <gasps> out. Oh my God! The Oreos. Chips Ahoy cereal. I don't remember Chips Ahoy, but I do remember Oreos. Um, that was Chips good. Ahoy was slightly different from Cookie Crisp, but I think I still preferred the Cookie Crisp. Oh, did you have the uh, the Reese's Puff cereal? That was a little bit after me being a kid. That was really like, good, I too. remember it. It's still out, but I it wasn't for me. I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like eating. It didn't taste like the cereal form of a Reese's, but, you know, it had like the chocolate balls and the peanut butter balls and stuff. And that was pretty good. Obviously, I grew up with, you know, crunch berries, uh, even oops, all crunch berries and stuff like that it was a little after. Um, I remember the the big hoopla surrounding adding red balloons to Lucky Charms. Oh my god! Uh, that was a lot of fun. Red I I obviously like those. And but, Lots of uh, golden rainbows and the red balloon. Then they added rainbows after that. Um, now, were tricks still fruit shapes? Yes, tricks were fruit shaped because apparently they were balls to start with, and then I remember they became those. fruit shaped. I remember, I remember both. And then now they're back to being balls again. Yeah, it's just easier. It's just way. Well, not easier. only that, like, uh, so in the because you can make the same trying to get healthier and stuff too. Like they are using different additives as dyes and stuff, yeah. so more naturally based stuff. Yeah, so, like, some was... of the the shapes and colors that they were getting were obviously not natural well i mean it's also way easier like if you're a cereal company and you're producing just like the little the little ball so you can make like okay this is kicks you know let me add a little something to it now it's cocoa puffs let me add a little something to it now it's tricks let me add a little something to it now it's uh you know the reese's stuff like if you use the same shape over and over and over again it's a lot easier on your uh, your machines. Did you ever have the Cinnabon cereal? Did not. That was that pretty was, good. That was way after I was like a habitual cereal eater. Fruit Loops, though, always ate Fruit Loops, uh, especially because they had the little loops in them. Uh, those were good. You like being a little loopy? I like being a little loopy. Uh, that cereal didn't pair well with much. Like it didn't. It didn't pair well. Even well, with like tricks, it didn't pair well because the flavors were so jarring. Well, like, they I mean, the they were all kind of like this. All of the fruit flavored cereals ultimately kind of tasted the same in the end. After a while, yeah, but it it tasted weird. Like when you tried putting, it's like if you tried to mix like Sour Patch Kids and gummy bears or gummy bears and Swedish Fish, like. They're the same basic flavor. Like, these are cherry, but, like, it's a much different cherry. Um, and obviously, the two kings of cereal, the things that we loved the most in my house growing up, 
uh, and we have the frozen ball versions in our uh, dessert dessert versions in our freezer right now. Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Golden Grams, mm. which were essentially to us, you know, the Baby Ruth Butterfinger. Like those were like the upper echelon of candies, and this this was the upper echelon of the cereals. Like these were the best to us until the s'more cereal came out, and the s'more cereal is now like. See, I don't I don't remember s'more cereal. Well, it's it's basically golden grams, but with like marshmallows and little chocolate pieces. Yeah, but the chocolate pieces are essentially like just thicker marshmallows. Mm -hmm. So, but I remember. Growing up, that we didn't get the name brand cereal a lot. Like, it had to be on sale. Yeah. Because yeah, same. We, we always got, like, the off-brand, either, like, the the, the store brand, no-name brand, or the stuff that came in the bags. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, we still do that now because cereal is expensive. Although, I will say that nothing beats the prizes that were in cereal boxes in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Yes, yeah, and what I liked was when they stopped putting it in the cereal and put it on the outside of the bag, but still inside the box, so you didn't dig your grubby mitts into the into the thing, crushing all the cereal, and it was like, oh, look, I got a card. <laughs> oh, no, see, we had a really big bowl, like one of my mom's mixing bowls, that we would take the cereal and dump it into to get oh, no, stuff we on the that. inside. That's cheating. That's and cheating. Then, no, no, because no, that's cheating. my mom wouldn't let us stick our hands, in because she'd be like, get your grubby little hands out of the yeah, cereal box. We, nobody's parents allowed them to dig their hands in there, but like, everybody here, did it. the bowl. So we had to use the bowl. No, because then you have to put that giant bowl. You have to try and pour everything back into the bag. Yeah. And I would always end up pouring it on the floor. So yeah, it's like because you know, you're a mess. I yeah, but <laughs> I got my toys. But yeah, I remember. Oh God, the color changing spoons. Yes, they turn different colors when you put them in milk. They were tiny and they were impractical because you could fit one piece of cereal on them. I remember when the Lion King came out. I forget which cereal had it, but they had Lion King. Color changing spoons. I was twelve, and I just I remember having. I had the adult Simba one. I remember getting like little action figures in my Captain Crunch, and I got one of these weird like goopy glue monster things. And then in the other box, we got fucking Captain Crunch, and we're like, "That's right, bitches! No one else in the neighborhood had Captain Crunch." We're like, "Oh, I got this shitty little like." The generic thing, and we're like, "Yeah, what up now, bitches?" Well, what was great was a lot of times put them in a fucking pipe. The cereal, like the toys in the cereal, coordinated with the game that was on the back of the cereal box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you would play the the little game because you had to have something to do. Like we would read the cereal boxes; they'd have like different jokes and things like that. You know, stuff on the side. You know, fun. Like uh, I remember getting a box of something, and there were tips and tricks. For Super Mario 3 and Tetris on the back of the box. Wow. They're like, oh, in this level right here, jump here and you can get to the warp zone. Funny story about Tetris. So I'm I'm in the process of, of moving my mom to a different place. And I was packing up her car the other day with all of these like various size boxes and stuff. And she's just watching me do this. And I had everything packed up perfectly, like maximize the, the amount of space. And she's like, how, how are you so good at this? How did you do this? I was like, Ma, 
I played Tetris as a kid, like all the freaking time. Like this is what we're <laughs> this is what you do it for. This is what Tetris in real life. Basically. So I think this is a good place to take a quick break, and uh, we're gonna play a uh, some some commercials from uh, the uh, the long running history of monster cereal because that's what we're gonna be talking monster about coming up next. Cereal. Well, not just the monsters. We have ten cereal mascots we're gonna talk about. So that's a lot. Uh, we won't inundate you with uh, information, but we'll give you enough that you're like, oh, I didn't know that because I found out some really cool stuff too. Mm-hmm. So. We'll take a quick break, and when we come After back... After these messages, we'll be right back. Yep. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks, too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip, and you'll know why we say... Once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retroidoctopus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidoctopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar Podcast Networks with new episodes every technical Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Bethel, here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry-flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. <laughs> Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Someone's come for a nutritious breakfast. What? Hello, my name is Boo. <laughs> Let me finish. Booberry, my ghostly good blueberry-flavored cereal, Booberry, <laughs> is part of this complete breakfast. Boo to you, Frankenberry's got strawberry-flavored marshmallows. Count Chocula's got chocolate marshmallows. But I've got blueberry-flavored marshmallows. Frankenberry. Count Chocula. <laughs> and Booberry. <laughs> <laughs> Fruit! Quiet! Fruit! 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 Fruit!
I'm me, Fruit Fruit, with my fruit-flavored cereal, Fruit Fruit, part of your nutritious breakfast. Who are you? But delicious Fruit Fruit has fruit-flavored marshmallows for the howling good taste of fruit. Count Chocula's got chocolate marshmallows. Frankenberry's got strawberry-flavored marshmallows. Fruit! Fruit Fruit, with a howling good taste of fruit. Count Chocula and Frankenberry meet... The Fruity Yummy Mummy. Hey, have a bite. <laughs> it's new Fruity Yummy Mummy cereal. Big. Yummy marshmallows. So monstrously big there. Monster Mellows. With Yummy Mummy Monster Mellows. Fruity Yummy Mummy makes your tummy go yummy. <laughs> Monster Mellows in Frankenberry, Count Chocula, and now new Fruity Yummy Mummy cereal. Part of this complete breakfast. Makes your tummy go yummy. <laughs> And we are back. So I hope you enjoyed those commercials. Uh, I thought they were kind of fun. I was glad to be able to get all of them. Those were the first appearances of each one of those commercials. Uh, I don't have dates on them, unfortunately, but I do uh, I do think those are kind of fun. You get to see all the different monsters, you know, Yummy Mummy, Fruit Brute. I, uh, I don't think I'd ever seen a Fruit Brute commercial. And I do remember that Yummy Mummy one from, from when I was a kid, you know, climbing up what looks like an Aztec pyramid. You got Chocula and, and Frankenberry, because they were always there, you know, falling into the, the, the tomb. And then you got this, like, brightly colored mummy, like, running out. It's yummy for your tummy. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like you couldn't find out, come up with another. Like, yummy Mummy is yummy for your tummy. It's like, oh, God. But uh, what you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Oh uh, well, I can go first. Well, we did just do monster cereal commercials, so yeah. Well, I mean, you were talking about Yummy Mummy, so we might as well talk about Let's Yummy. Let's start mummy. with Yummy Mummy. So Yummy Mummy or Fruity Yummy Mummy was the last of the cereals to join the Monster Cereal Squad. It appeared in 1987, and this was a frosted fruit flavored cereal with vanilla flavored monster mallows, and that's what they called a monster mallows for this specific cereal. They called it something else for the other cereals. Now, when it was relaunched, so it came out in 1987, it was discontinued in 1992, it was relaunched in 2013. And discontinued in, again in 2014. So when it was relaunched, the flavor consisted of frosted orange cream flavored cereal with monster mallows. So as you said, the tagline is fruity, yummy, mummy, makes your tummy go yummy. Uh, and despite being monsters themselves. Oh, well, we can get back into that later because that's pertains to the other monsters as well so i will talk about the other monsters later yeah but so yeah so he was there's not much about him obviously the monster cereals were a play on the universal monsters so yeah you know the they, even the voices like if you listen to you can hear peter Lorre, you can hear bella lugosi yeah they were trying to impersonate these specific people i don't know uh, who the mummy's supposed to be <laughs> the, the, it's yeah i couldn't find any information on who voiced the mummy um, but obviously, you know, it's, well, it's not so much of... who voiced them because, like, you know, you see Count, you hear Ch- Count Chocula and he sounds like Bella Lugosi. You hear Booberry and he even sort of physically resembles Peter Laurie just a little bit. And he sounds like, was like oh, I'm Booberry. Oh, you know, it's like, and then it's like, I don't know who, the, like, the mummy never spoke. I mean, unless you want to talk about, um, 
Boris Karloff, but like it, they definitely weren't going for Boris Karloff. Right, right. So that that mummy was a little more menacing. This mummy is a little more uh, appetizing, pleasant. That's why they call him Yummy Mummy. Yum, fruity Yummy Mummy. I worked with somebody. Ain't your tummy go yummy. I worked with someone who uh, that's that's what they called the uh, hot to trot soccer moms at his kids' soccer games. Yummy mummies. Ew. Like milfs, milfs. <laughs> What's the plural? Is it milfs? Milfs, milfs. Technically, it's misilf. (laughs) But the pluralization of acronyms aside, uh, let's talk about one of the most famous uh, serial mascots. This mascot debuted in 1963, and uh, he he is uh, like the uh, serial monsters. The name of his cereal is the same as his name. I'm talking, of course, about Captain Horatio Magellan Crunch. That's Captain, not Captain. Uh, so make sure you spell it C-A-P-apostrophe-N. Couldn't quite make the full rank. Captain Crunch. So uh, he is depicted as a late 18th century naval captain. Uh, because that's the first thing I think of when I think cereal. I'm like, oh, man, I wish I had cereal that reminded me of scurvy and rickets. He has a little bit of like a Napoleon Bonaparte aspect to him. Yeah, he wears a revolutionary-style uh, naval uniform with what's called a bicorn hat emblazoned with a C, and he has a gold epauletted blue coat. Uh Apparently, the big thing that's different for him is a typical American naval captain will have four bars on their sleeves. Uh, He has been variously depicted over the years wearing only one, two, or three, which would make him either a commodore, a lieutenant, or a commander. Not a (laughs) captain! Although, if you... uh, as you go into the future, his rank goes up, up, and up. And if you watch the Futurama episode, and this can segue into your next one, uh, they have uh, different serials. They have Admiral Crunch and Archduke Chocula. <laughs> well, speaking of Archduke Chocula, Blah! we are going to ca- talk about Count Chocula, the serial, and Count Alfred Chocula. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He has a first name, and it is Alfred. Bet you didn't know that. I would not have guessed Alfred if you gave me a thousand guesses. (laughs) It's Alfred. If you gave me a thousand guesses. Count Chocula's cereal was the first of the monster cereals to debut, and it came out in 1971. And, of course, Count Chocula is the chocolate-flavored frosted cereal. Plus, not Monster Mallows, but spooky fun marshmallow bits. Bleh, it's me, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> so Count Chocula, Count Alfred Chocula. Call me Al. Call me Paul Simon. That Paul Simon song is about me. <laughs> and then another song, Me and Julio Frankenberry down by the schoolyard. <laughs> <laughs> Blair! Okay. 
Count Chocula is a vampire who prefers chocolate to blood. He was voiced by Larry Kenny, who was impersonating Bella Lugosi. And fun fact, Larry Kenny was actually the voice of Lionel from Thundercats. Funner fact, Larry Kenny and I are Facebook friends. Really? Ba-bam! Like, the, like this guy? L- actual Larry Kenny, yeah. Oh, man. Maybe we should have tried to get him for this episode. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe next time. So his taglines, so not all of the monster serials had taglines, but a couple of them did, including Count Chocula. And his tagline was, I want to eat your cereal. All right, that's that's that's, that's inoffensive. Especially, I was gonna say, especially for the time period. No. So, artist George Carr. Every time you eat my cereal, I kill a hippie. <laughs> artist George Carn, who drew the original Trix Rabbit in 1959, also sketched the first images of Count Chocula. In the 1980s, the Count Chocula character was restylized and new boxes were introduced, including a set where Bella Lugosi, as Count Dracula, is chasing a terrified Count Chocula. In 1993, another character overhaul returned the Count Chocula image to resemble his former self. Large, uh, early, like, pointy nose and fingers... You know, long, yeah, like like Count Orlock type fingers. Yes, yes, like very Nosferatu ish. Right. Yeah, they he they really over exaggerate. Even his like widow's peak and his hair is very pointy, like very pointy all over. Right. Is that what you got on them? And want me to move on to the next guy? You can you can have the floor. Oh, can I have the floor? Yes. So the next person I want to talk about apparently has the same first name and last name. Because uh, there is uh, Mama Tony, there is Mrs. Tony, there are his children, Anthony and Antoinette. So apparently everyone's got the same fucking name, like George Foreman's family. Everybody's named George. I am, of course, talking about Tony the Tiger, the mascot for uh, Frosted Flakes, as opposed to Terry the Tiger, who is for generic Frosted Flakes. Their food. Uh, Tony the Tiger debuted in 1952. Uh, he has also been the mascot for other related cereals like Tony Cinnamon Crunchers and Tiger Power, but uh, that's really not what we're talking about. Tiger Power. Tiger Power. I have no Isn't idea. Isn't that the thing that what's his face had? No, no, like no. Charlie Tiger. Sheen. He had Tiger Blood. Oh, Tiger Blood. Tiger blood. Okay, so so this has nothing to do with Charlie Sheen. Right. Okay. Uh, he is currently voiced, uh, since 2017, he has been voiced by uh, Jim Cummings, who you might know as the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, bother. Oh, hello. Oh, wait, no, that was Pennywise. <laughs> oh, hello, Losers Club. They're great. Uh, but he's been voiced several times. Uh, Dallas McKennon was the first person to voice him. Then Thurl Ravenscroft. What a fucking name that right? is. Then Lee Marshall. Thurl Ravencroft is probably the one that we are most familiar with because he voiced him from 1953 to 2005. So 52 oh, wow. fucking years. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I'm, I'm a professional tiger. But Rawr. he is uh, all, that's also um, he he did the Grinch. He was the voice of the Grinch. 
Really? Well, he sang. He sang. Oh, he did the... You're a mean one, Mr. Mr. Grinch. His heart grew three sizes, and it was great! Yeah, it's... uh, Talk about some range, then. Thurl Ravenscroft, yeah. Well, I mean, if you listen closely, it's that deep, baritone, Sam Elliott-like voice. Like... That was so awful. Am I deep enough? Oh, that... uh, <laughs> so serial. So yeah. Um, so Tony was uh, part of uh, multiple. Uh, I had no idea he had like a whole family. Yeah, and he was. He competed against uh, three other, um, three other mascots, and they all had alliterative names. So there was Katie the kangaroo. Elmo the elephant and Newt the new, like the the ox looking the GNU the ox looking motherfuckers. Uh, the other mascots were gone within less than a year, and uh, Elmo and Newt never even got onto a box. And what's fun about this is like some of these old serials, like, and you'll hear it in our next commercial that we play, like they were. Uh, because they, there weren't any original characters out yet, like they were still working on these different serial mascots, you know, specifically for serial. So they used a lot of like Hanna Barbera and mm-hmm. uh, Looney Tunes characters. Well, that's what, like um, for Fruity, Pe- Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Pebbles, they use the Flintstones. Now, but at one point, they used fucking Snagglepuss in the 60s and 70s, Snagglepuss from Hanna Barbera. Was and you'll hear it. He 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 uh, he does the commercial. Like we have a bunch of like really quick, uh, clip together commercials, and he's like, "It's like a chocolate milkshake, only crunchy." It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's the story of Tony the Tiger. He uh, came from a uh, group of uh Disney animators. They used to work at Disney and they created a bunch of uh they they uh they formed a company called Quartet Films and they designed the Jolly Green Giant, Snap Crackle and Pop, uh the Ham's Beer Bear, and the Baltimore Orioles mascot, just to name a few of their more famous creations. The the Baltimore Oriole? Yeah, like the specific mascot that they use not. I don't think it's the current one. I think it was the previous one back in the fifties. But yeah, so I mean, and you can kind of tell because I all have like, like jo- the Jolly Green Giant. Not so much, but like his little dude. What's his name? Sprout. Sprout. Sprout looks like a green crispy elf. You say a green crispy elf? Yeah, like Rice crispy Elf. <laughs> Well, it's the crispy elves and the Keebler elves. You know, you got to <laughs> differentiate. Yeah, snap, crackle, and pop. Like if you look at them, they have the same it's face like structure. Little elf that's been fried. You know, <laughs> it's just like how elf. you know Casper is the ghost of Richie Rich. Yes. All right. So next, next serial man. So moving on. Shortly after the release of Count Chocula, came the release of the Frankenberry cereal, also in 1971. Frankenberry is the pink, sweet, strawberry-flavored frosted cereal, plus spooky marshmallow bits. Spooky fun. Sorry, I forgot the fun. Spooky fun marshmallow bits. Uh, So Frankenberry was voiced by Bob McFadden, who was impersonating Boris Karloff. Uh, He 
Bob McFadden also voice Snarf, Linkso, and a bunch of other characters from Thundercats as well. It sounds like a theme with yeah, a lot of Thundercats guys, guys yeah, ended up being monster serials. Uh, but anyways, fun fact about Frankenberry: some of the other garbs that the other monster serial persons personas wear have changed a little bit over the years but frankenberry stays true like frankenberry has been wearing the same thing and he's had the little uh the nails yes the strawberry nails ever since the beginning yep yep because uh when i was recording these commercials earlier i was watching it and even in the very first commercial that you heard in the earlier break with you know count chocula meeting uh frankenberry for the first time they uh you can see the the thing the little strawberries on his nail which it's a detail that you wouldn't think was even necessary i mean for a cereal and it's it's stuck it's just it's always been there and i never noticed it until a few years ago because how often do you look at a cereal character's fingernails right and frankenberry is a vital ingredient in the uh perfume that kiff makes for amy on futurama that's true he said he's going to make it with lilac and jasmine and frankenberry. And the first time I heard that joke, I lost my mind. It was so goddamn funny. But in my personal opinion, frankenberry's the best of the monsters. You're just cereals. saying that because it's pink, and so are you. Well, I mean, there's there's that. I mean, probably, but I also love it. And of the Universal monsters, my favorite is Frankenstein. So I feel like it's only fitting that my favorite. Monster cereal mascot is Frankenberry. You know what? Uh, what Count Chocula would say to that? Bless, for me. Oh, he 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 ho 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 ho. Uh, did you have when he debuted? Because I didn't have that on mine. I said nineteen seventy one. Okay, okay. Yep. So both Count Chocula and Frankenberry uh, debuted in the same year. Yeah, because they they were in the commercial together. It was and that like was that, their first right? Commercial. Right. So they debuted like shortly, I think together actually. Yeah, they were in the same commercial, and they were in the because it was the, that was the first commercial that they were ever ever in, and uh, and they kind of set par for these monster serial commercials where they would be all the monsters were kind of in competition with each other. Like my serial is the best. No, my serial is the best, and they talked a big game. However. All of these monsters were afraid of their own shadows. They were very, like, anxious and, you know, just anxiety-ridden, nervous, you know. So they would have, like, spooky things in the commercials, like black cats and bats. Freak them out. You know, other ghosts aside from Booberry. And, you know, they would creaks from creepy castles. And, yeah, it would freak them out. So it was like a fun parody of what these, these universal monsters were. You know, f- definitely fun for kids and kind of like a almost like what Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark and something like like baby horror, like a baby yeah. step into the horror world. And I think this was probably like my first foray. Uh, yeah, like foray, like first exposure into something that wasn't that, that was a little bit out of the norm. Speaking of horror, yeah. we just got invaded by a zombie. It's a zombie invasion! It's just kidding, it's a cat. Cat zombie just came in. She's so cute. Okay, what's next, Potsy? Uh, up's next. Up, up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> up next. <laughs> is, Make seven uh, up yours. <laughs> Diggum the frog from oh, uh, Honey Smacks. Snacks. Honey Smacks. Well, it used to, I think it used to be Sugar Smacks. It, it did. 
So here's the thing with Diggum. He is not the first. You don't you don't dig him? He is not the first one of these. Um so it started in nineteen fifty three. Uh Cliffy the Clown was one of them. <laughs> and the clowns would do the sugar smack swing in from nineteen fifty three to nineteen fifty six, which if you want to sell a cereal, it's like, you can't sleep, clown will eat me. No. Then, uh, in 1957, they smartened up, and a sailor suit-wearing seal named Smaxy became the mascot. <laughs> Doesn't say is if it, it... Is it short for Smaxine? Yes. Smaxwell? Yes. Uh, they don't say if it was a real seal or not, but 1957, I would not be surprised if it was a real seal. Then it was uh, in the same vein of... Uh, Hanna-Barbera characters uh, being like Snagglepuss doing uh, uh, Cocoa Pebbles. Uh, yeah, Cocoa Pebbles. Um, Quick Draw McGraw was uh, the, the mascot in 1961. And then in 1965, uh, this is the one I told you about earlier off the air, the, um, the serial uh, sexual assaulter. Uh, the Smackin' Bandit, who is a half-mule, half-kangaroo, who kissed everyone in sight. No, thank you. Next, uh, he he lasted a year. And next was the <laughs> uh, the Smackin' Bandit uh, being replaced by the Smackin' Brothers, which were two boys in boxing short and boxing gloves. Usually uh, the, the ads would be them wanting to eat the cereal, but instead pummeling the shit out of each other, which, you know... That's usually what happens. Uh, in 1966, there were some promotional box designs briefly introduced featuring some Star Trek characters because that's when Star Trek came out. Um, later, the commercials were very similar to Cheerios commercials, and they talked about like how the cereal was vitamin-powered. You know, like, it's great for your Q-Zone, you know. Um, it's then, great for your what? Well, you know, the the weird old... Like, you know, 50s commercials that were like, oh, it stimulates your Q-zone and raises your bodily humors. <laughs> <laughs> so it grows your toenails. Finally, in the early 70s, uh, after a brief appearance by an Indian chief, uh, Diggum Frog shows up in 1972. Oh, thank God. And that is when they... Uh, they they kept them they kept them around until uh, they started in 1980s. It was then Honey Smacks. It wasn't Sugar Smacks anymore. It was Honey Smacks because that seemed uh, healthier. As honey is a much healthier food than just sugar. Mm-hmm. And this was different from a lot of these other ads where you know uh, the the mascot would actually eat the cereal with the kids as opposed to like the kids trying to get away. But then he was he was uh, replaced by a heart shaped dog. In 1982, uh, named Love Smacks, uh, he was a heart-shaped dog who gave hugs to children, who was then replaced uh, by an animal. Because you know, when you think when you think honey, I know other than frog, what's the first animal you think of? A wallaby. Uh, a bear, because you know bears love honey, and he's a he's Wally the bear. Wally the Bear, not to be confused with the Wally Bear with Wally Bear from Wally Bear and the No Gang. I don't know what the fuck that is, but according to Wikipedia, they they have to make that distinction. Uh, they would be it would be basically the bear uh, doing whatever he can to get some uh, 
to get some of the honey smacks, but they didn't. Well, you look confused. Is it because of the sound wave thing? Because it's condensed and small? Yeah. That's why, because I have the two screens open. Gotcha. Uh, so this taught children to ignore hungry bears. And if a bear was trying to get you food, just ignore him and he'll go away because that's how bears work. Then in the 90s, he came back. Uh, Diggum came back, and then he's pretty much there now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's where he is. So uh, what, do you, what do you got? So I have another monster to talk about. So in 1973, actually December of 1973 to be exact, Booberry cereal was introduced. Now, Booberry was actually the first blueberry-flavored cereal on the market. So this was the... Sweet blueberry flavored frosted cereal plus spooky fun marshmallow birds. So, Booberry was actually voiced by Paul Fries, who was impersonating Peter Lorre. Now, if you're not familiar with who Peter Lorre is, he was a black and white era movie, uh, movie actor, most famous for portraying the creepy, mysterious, yet somehow lovable assistant to a plethora of horror villains. He's always like, yes, master, yes. yes. Yep. Like that that creepy, crazy voice. Yep. And uh, another fun fact, Paul Fries actually provided the voice for the Pillsbury Doughboy and a latter version of Toucan Sam. So not one of the original Toucan Sams, but Yes. One of the one of the Toucans from the Fruit Loop cereal commercials he provided the voices for. Now, before we get into the last little bit, uh couple of fun facts. So throughout the years, Monster Cereals have delighted fans with cereal box promotions such as Glowin's Dark Stickers, coloring posters, masks, Monster Mini Mugs, and more. But in 1979, Monster Cereals surprised fans with monster-themed records. One of the records was titled Monster's Adventures in Outer Space. I don't recall that. I, well, I mean, like, it was 1979, so... Yeah, but I was born a couple years later. your time, way before my time. But, like, I had no idea that was a thing. Because I've seen some of, like, the other promotional items from Monster Serials in the past. You know, the different promo- uh, the promotional posters and, you the know, some boxes. of the little toys and stuff that came in. Yeah, obviously the old boxes and... Some of the the games and stuff that were on the back of the boxes, but I had no idea that they came out with their own records. Are you done now? Yeah, I was just waiting for pa- pa- pause for reaction. I guess. Oh, <laughs> so something. that's that's the pause for applause at home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and focusing so. Everyone kind of knows that the main three monsters are Count Ch- Count Alfred, Chocula, Alfred, Frankenberry, and Booberry. You know, we still see a little bit of Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy. They were brought back in, I believe both cereals were brought back in 2013 for a very limited release. I think they were only on shelves for a few months. Most of the stores had the updated versions of the boxes, where I Target had the retro boxes. I think that's what we got. 
Yes. Which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 2014, General Mills enlisted the help of DC Comics to create new designs for the serials in time for that Halloween. Like, the, uh, just to just to uh, interject a little bit, like Captain Crunch, General Mills is not an actual general. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, yes. Yeah. It, it, anyways. So the designs were revealed on August 6th of that year and consisted of a booberry design by Jim Lee, a Count Chocula design by Terry Dodson, and a Frankenberry design by Dave Johnson. Interesting. Yes. So I'm going to move on to another well-known uh, fruit-flavored cereal mascot, and of course that is Toucan Sam. So speaking of uh, DC Comics... Uh, Toucan Sam has a superpower. He has the ability to smell Fruit Loops from great distance and invariably locates a concealed bowl of the cereal while saying, follow your nose, it always knows. And occasionally he would follow that up with, the flavor of fruit, wherever it grows. Uh, and now he just says, uh, just follow your nose. And some kids will say, for the fruity taste, that shows. Uh, originally, this, uh, he came out in 1963 was created by Manuel R. Vega, and he was originally voiced by Mel Blanc, who you might know as the man of a thousand voices, who did, like, all the fucking Looney Tunes. Um, and now he, uh, he is currently voiced. He went through a lot of different, um, a lot of different voice actors, and um, he is currently voiced by Maurice LaMarche, who is uh, phenomenal, and I had the chance to meet last year at Terrificon, and hopefully he goes back to Terrificon because he's awesome. Uh, you would know him as uh, Brain from Pinky and the Brain or or uh, Morbo or Hedonism Bot or Kiff or Clamps. Maurice LaMarche has done a ton of stuff, most notably uh, Orson Welles. On, like, anytime you see Orson Welles in an animated show, it's it's him. But he has three nephews, and tell me if these nephew names sound slightly familiar of another avian-related character. There's Pewey, Susie, and Louie. Sounds a lot like... Doesn't ring a bell. Doesn't sound a lot like Huey, Dewey, and Louie? No, I, I, have, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. The nephews are uh, voiced by Frank Welker, who you might know from fucking everything, like... He was Megatron and Starscream. Like, he's still working today. So, um, And also Jim Cummings, again, showed up. There's, uh, you see a lot of these repeated, um, repeated, character, or repeated actors. Uh, but there were other characters that were associated with Fruit Loops, not just uh, Toucan Sam. There were his nephews. It was Lil Doggy, the Ostrich Sisters, the Hippo, Bear Golf. The seal. There was a turtle cab driver, which was voiced by Jim. Um, sorry, Mel Blank. Uh, the rhino rapper, which was uh, Jim Cummings. The fruit bat, which was Frank Welker. Surfer cat, which I imagine is very similar to Poochie. Uh, Doctor Peacock, voiced by the awesome Charlie Adler. Uh, and then a scientist and an alien fruit monster, both voiced by Maurice Lamarche. And I can tell you, I don't remember any of those characters. So. Uh, that's what I have on uh, Toucan Sam. So I've got one more, and uh, you've you've got one more? Sadly, we only have one more monster left to talk about. 
So because I started with Yummy Mummy, and that's the most recent fruit monster, cereal monster to come out, uh, we're going to talk about Fruit Brute, which came out in 1974. And that was the frosted fruit-flavored cereal with lime-flavored marshmallows, which was interesting. Interesting because... Well, it it was... um, so it came out in 1974. It was discontinued in 1982. Lime Mellows. It, it was relaunched in 2013 with the whole upheaval of everything um, with uh, Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy joining the Booberry, Frankenberry, and Count Alfred Chocula. And it continued again with Yummy Mummy in 2014. So when it was relaunched, it was a frosted cherry flavored cereal with marshmallows. So. A little, I remember having that one and it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. So the tagline, because this one actually had a tagline, was the howling good taste of fruit. And fun fact about this cereal, it actually made a cameo appearance in the 92 Quentin Tarantino film. Pulp Fiction. No, Pulp Fiction wasn't in 92. It was 91. Will you let me finish? Please finish. Thank you. Oh, go for it. Fruit Brute was featured in a scene in the 92 Tarantino film Reservoir Dogs. And it's in Pulp Fiction. Will you let me finish? Oh, my God, Patsy. Shut the fuck up. Don't yell at me. So it was featured in, well, not featured, but made a cameo appearance in Reservoir Dogs where it was shown in the apartment of Mr. Orange who is played by Tim Roth. Yes. It also appeared again in the 94, 94 film Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that's the it's the cereal that Lance Eric Stoltz is eating uh, when uh, what's-his-name shows up at his house. Do you have anything else on uh, the cereal guys, the monsters? Yeah. They need to all make a comeback. Which one is, other than uh, Frankenberry, what's your second favorite? Probably Yummy Mummy. Okay. I so, mean, like, Count Chocula's good. Um, you know, I also really enjoy Boo Berry. But I think, I, I like the, especially with the relaunch of the flavor, the orange, like, creamsicle-like flavor of Yummy Mummy was really good. I don't think I've ever had Yummy Mummy or Fruit Brute. Yes, we have. I don't recall. We bought them. You ate them. I don't recall. We'll have to get more. D- d- we can't. They've been discontinued. We'll have to get some stale stuff. <laughs> we'll we'll have stale. to get some stale stuff. So, finally, uh, I'm going to wrap up with... Uh, technically, this character didn't debut in its current form until 1959. But in 1959, just after the serial's debut... Uh, General Mills tried doing, using a puppet for their mascot, for their fruit-flavored cereal, Trix. Now, Trix is spelled T-R-I-X. Are you sure it's not Twix? It's not Twix. That's different. I would love a Twix cereal. Uh, Tricks are for kids, you but, silly wabbit. But Trix Rabbit is spelled T-R-I-C-K-S. Which is weird. But he debuted in 1959 and still has the 
you know, the same tagline as he did back then. Silly rabbit tricks are for kids. Sometimes they would say, you know, you know, uh, tricks would tricks would say, and sometimes for tricky rabbits. So there was a big campaign uh, in the eighties. They did it a couple of times. Uh, 1968, 1976, 1980, uh, he was able to eat tricks. So he's only eaten tricks three times since 1959. So in 60 years, he's had... That we know of. uh, Because they had the let people eat tricks, let let the rabbit eat tricks, and people would have to, like, mail in their box tops with, you know, their vote on it, yes or no. Um, And then everyone voted yes. Like, it was overwhelming that... It was like, I don't, it doesn't have exact numbers here, but, um, 1991, Trix won a Tour de Trix bicycle race, and, uh, it's weird, it's weird, I don't, I don't, but, yeah, I mean, as he used to do, and I think this was a kind of, I don't know, I won't, I don't call it a ripoff, I'll say it's a, an homage to Bugs Bunny, where Bugs Bunny would constantly uh, throw on costumes and camouflage himself so people wouldn't know that he was a rabbit, you know, like when he was, uh, you know, in hunting season or when he would dress up like a woman. Trix would constantly wear costumes so he could get cereal, but something would always happen. He'd trip and fall and his ears would fall out or something would happen. Oh, excuse me, little girl. Let me take this cereal from you. Yeah, like something weird would happen. And, uh, and actually, Bugs Bunny once helped Tricks Rabbit to get cereal. I don't know if it uh, it actually succeeded, but rabbits helping rabbits. Yeah, I mean rabbits do enjoy cereal. That is a uh, scientific fact. So if you have a pet rabbit, make sure to give them plenty of tricks. So I do hope you enjoyed that discussion about various cereal mascots. I hope you learned a couple of things. I know we did doing this research. Uh, we definitely learned. I mean. Fucking Alfred. I still can't get over that. Count Alfred Chocula. I want to eat your cereal. Blair. Buy my cereal or the socialists win. Blair. <laughs> Nixon loves my cereal. I don't know. But uh, what we're going to do. Nixon loves my cereal. Yeah, 1971. I don't know. Let's take a quick, uh, quick break and I'll play another uh, series of. Serial commercials from the 60s and 70s. And I wish you could see the visuals on some of these. They're insane. Well, I mean, we including do have it, social media groups. I know. So you can post the videos. But, I mean, including one of them where, like, the characters from Grant Wood's American Gothic are singing about cereal. I really wanted to get a Muselix commercial on there. A what? Muselix. What the hell is that? It's like this weird... Like European say, cereal, like like see, corn and I, barley. I know what you're saying, but like my mind is changing it to Mucinex. <laughs> Not the same. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's a cereal. And like in this, in the the commercial, they're like, "Ooh, there's wheat," and and they show like some dude out in a fucking field. He's like Amish, like using a a, a scythe to. A harvest grain, and then there's another Amish guy eating corn on the cob. Like there's corn in our cereal. Living in an Amish paradise. Yeah, it was weird. So yeah, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll uh, give you a uh, preview of 
what's coming up and discuss the battle and ashes you have something to talk about too i do so we will be stay tuned we'll be right back stay tuned Hello again, everyone. It's Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, here with a special message for you from Richie the WizKid. You know, a town without Best Darn Diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's WizKid, Richie the WizKid, and I come before you good fans of Springfield with probably the greatest podcast. Uh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville podcast. Now, you wait here just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to Best Darn Diddly and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly Review Show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series. This is Emma. You're listening to Showdown Sunday. <laughs> Snap, crackle, pop, rice crispies. Really rabbit tricks with the kids. I want my apple. Good, they're great. Winners, warm up with Michael. Oh, I can't get enough of that sugar crisp. Cocoa Krispies, which taste like a chocolate milkshake, only crunchy. He's feeling his Cheerios. A Kellogg's Good Morning, the best to you each morning. K E double L O double good Kellogg's best to you. New Country Cornflakes. New Country Cornflakes. Frosted Lucky Charms with sweet surprises. Magically delicious. He likes it! Hey, Mikey! Take it from Bruce Jenner. Wheaties is the breakfast of champions. It's Captain Crunch, the cereal named after me. And we are back. Again, I hope you enjoyed those commercials. Those were kind of fun. Old, old-timey commercials from uh, way back in the day. And, uh... So Ashes, why don't why don't you start with uh with what you want to talk about cuz I know you have some uh some fun news. This is something that you've been waiting for and looking forward to for a while. So please take it away. So on February 3rd, Apothic Wines announced that they were releasing a an Apothic Cab, Cabernet Sauvignon. And ever since then I have been on a quest a quest to find the wine and funny little story. So I was in my local grocery store that I frequent the wine section quite frequently. And some of the workers there know us just by appearance because we're there quite often. And this very uh, exuberant, helpful worker who, you know, it was, was always very chatty and very helpful whenever we're there looking for, especially if we're looking for something specific. Uh, we let him know the last time we were in there what we were looking for. And he's like, oh, no, I haven't even heard of it. Like, we haven't received it yet. I, you know, he's like, but I'll be on the lookout for it. And I said, okay. I'm like, if you, if you get it, you know, definitely let me, you know, if you're here and I'm here, let me know. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll ring a bell. I'll flag you down. I'll, I'll, you know, let you know that it's here. So I said, okay, thank you. And the next time I was in that store, sure enough, they had received the apothecab 
the previous day. So it was busy actually because I was in there on, on, on Valentine's day of all days. Uh, so the wine section was just super busy and I was navigating through people. And luckily with my hair and everything, I stick out like a sore thumb. So he was able to, to spot me and from across the wine section, he's yelling, ding, 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 as he's brandishing, waving this bottle of wine over his head. And everyone's looking at him. And I knew exactly who it was and why he was doing that. And I was like, oh, my God, you got it. And we were yelling at each other from across the store. And it was great. We were, you know, causing a lot of a attention to be drawn in our direction. But anyways, so, so yeah, so I picked it up and I had a sip of it that night. Actually, I didn't have just a sip of it. I drank half the bottle that night and I'm currently working on my second bottle of Apothic Cabernet because it is just that fucking good. So I told you guys, I posted about it saying that I would give my review on the next episode of Thread on Thursday. So here we are. And isn't Mistress of Merlot approved? Absolutely, yes. Uh, Apothic Wines tends to just knock it out of the park with all of their wines. And they did it again. So it's an Apothic Cab. It's a limited release. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a 2018. The label says it's smooth and full-bodied. And boy, is it ever. So, <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Sorry about that going to read you the back label. Immerse your senses in this smooth Cabernet. Hints of jammy dark fruit and aromas of vanilla blend with a silky smooth texture that boldly lingers on the palate. From the makers of Apothic Wines, this alluring twist on Cabernet Sauvignon pairs with your night wherever it takes you. I can't even begin to describe how smooth this wine is. It is like a bubble bath for your mouth, but, you know, without the saltiness of the soap and stuff. Uh, it's just so nice and relaxing. It's probably one of the smoothest Cabernets I've ever had. However, it does have the properties of your typical Cabernet. But like I said, it's just, it's, it's fruit forward, very smooth on the back of the palate. It is dry. It is full bodied. So it's everything that you want in a red, but oh my goodness, it is so incredibly smooth. So if you have the opportunity to get your little paws on a bottle of Apothic Cab, I highly recommend it. It is absolutely delicious. Like I said, I'm currently working on my second bottle and I foresee a third bottle in my future very near very future. very near future probably yes. friday uh yeah probably like i've been i can polish off a half a bottle pretty easily well, actually i can polish off a bottle pretty easily but you know well, most to, of our wine glasses are half trying a bottle to sort of. drink in moderation um yeah so i i i predict another bottle in my very near future so yeah, it's actually really good. I enjoyed it too. I mean, I'm not a big, you know, red dry wine drinker, but I liked it. I thought it tasted really good. Yeah, so it like I said, it's just it's so smooth. Like I I can't even ah, it's like this just plush velvety blanket for your mouth. So we have some stuff coming up. We have a lot of stuff coming up. We have so, some really fun stuff coming up. So obviously we have we're going to get into the the battle uh stuff in a minute. 
but I want to plug again our uh, Castlevania contest because we have some great prizes. That's it's not just us; it's the whole network. So starting in March, because the new Castlevania series drops uh, March third, so the whole, uh, the whole, basically all of the all of March. So what we're going to be doing throughout the entire network? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different shows that are participating. Um, so on the 8th of March, the 11th, the 12th, the 15th, the 17th, and the 22nd, you'll need to listen to The Dorkening, The Dorkening again, uh, the Wednesday night show, our show Throwdown Thursday on the 12th, Super Retro Throwback Reviews on the 15th, Retro Redoctopus on the 17th, The Amalgacast on the 17th as well, and boobs, blood, and badasses on the 22nd, because you will need to know what I'm calling the phrase that pays. And we will put everyone who gets the phrase into a drawing. There are three prizes. Uh, there's, a, there's the grand prize, then there's second and third. So we will put your name into uh, the little Wheel of Fortune thing, similar to what I do whenever I have prizes that uh, we want to give away. And... Um, yeah, we'll we'll draw the names from there. So you have to check out all of those shows, even if you don't already. But check out all those shows, and everyone will give you a piece of the phrase. We have a phrase too, but you won't hear it until March twelfth, and then uh, we'll run the contest. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how long, but uh, we will be running the contest until uh, the following. I believe the. Uh, uh, I forget what the day is, but it's going to be, uh, I think, the 22nd or 23rd. Um, you know, I think it's the end of the month. I will uh, have more details because we're still ironing out. But you'll have to listen to uh, the live show of The Dorkening where we're all going to be on and we're all going to uh, announce the winner. So another thing we have coming up uh, is the Boston Underground Film Festival. And if you've never been, and we've never been, uh, from what I hear, it's absolutely amazing. I was looking at some of the uh, some of the uh, the films that are going to be shown. There's a couple of blocks of shorts, and uh, two of the shorts Ashes and I have actually already seen. Uh, one we are actually in briefly, but we are in. You can definitely see both of us. Like the cameras on our faces, and it's awesome. So uh, there's that. There's a lot of cool new shorts that are going to be there. Um, I definitely recommend going. There is a uh, uh, a crowdfunding uh, event going on right now. I will be sharing the links. If you haven't seen them already, I have been sharing them, but I will continue to do so because uh, this is an awesome opportunity. And basically all the perks are um, discounted uh, tickets to get into the show, to, or into the different screenings and see the different, the different films. And, you know, a lot of these, you know, if, if you go to a film and you see it and you're like, wow, this is really great. A lot of times, like the actors or directors or, you know, somebody's there who was part of the film. So you can actually talk to them afterwards, which is really cool. Um, also, on March 14th, if you are in the area um, at Hammond Castle in Gloucester, Massachusetts, if you are into Renaissance 
uh, cosplay or fantasy cosplay. Uh, some of our filmmaker friends, uh, Mike Neal, Joe Lemieux, uh, Kyle and Bill from Survival of the Film Freaks, they are looking for extras to come to Hammond Castle. Uh, it's going to be uh, early morning, uh, not early, but uh, mid-morning. Uh, I don't have an exact time yet, but as soon as I do, I will let you know. Uh, it's still about a month away, so you have some time. Uh, they are looking for extras uh, to be in their secret mystery project. And from what I understand, it's going to be super cool. They're looking for a whole bunch of people to fill a uh, a castle, like a castle scene. So they're looking for anybody who has, like, you know, Renaissance fair type uh, clothes or fantasy clothes. No knights. They're just looking for, you know, folks to dress up in, like, old-timey Renaissance stuff. So uh, Ashes and I are going to be there. We're very excited. Um, and, of course, the other bonus you get from going there is you figure out what the uh, what the uh, secret mystery project is. Ooh. And I know what it is. I mean for that to sound I'm so super spooky. excited. Uh, I know what it is because I'm, I'm helping work on... The secret mystery project. Super fun mystery project. And uh, I'm excited to be a part of it. So, uh, Ashes, you have uh, some battle stuff you want to talk about. Yes. Yeah, so, like I said earlier, the battle this week is something that we've never done before. We're actually doing a collaborative battle. So... Right now, over in the group page at Retro Redoctopus on Facebook, they're in the process of creating a bracket. So it's up to you to make a vote, to, to, to vote on each serial that they throw down and say whether it's a killer, serial killer, or serial filler. Serial killer meaning that you like it. Or a serial filler, meaning that, you know, you don't particularly care for that specific serial. And then, once our bracket has been made, the throwdown is going to move to Throwdown Thursday for the ultimate serial showdown. Yes, uh, we are very excited. So, we are not announcing it today because we don't know. We right. don't know. We so won't know until Sunday. battle all depends on you and your votes. So make sure that you follow the Retro Redoctopus Facebook page. Make sure you join the Retro Redoctopus Facebook group. Make sure you're following Throwdown Thursday on Facebook. And make sure that you join the Throwdown Thursday Facebook group. We will be reposting, we will be sharing these polls into both groups, both our, on our Facebook page and in the Facebook group. But you have to join and like in order to participate. Yes. So head on over, like our page, join our group, do all the fun social medias. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a science experiment. We've never done this before, so it's going to be a completely interactive battle. So it is our serial killer showdown, but we don't know who it is. It's up to you to decide. Right. So you choose who's going to be in the battle and then vote on the battle itself. Exactly. So it's fully interactive. 
it's uh, it's really interesting. I'm I'm excited to see how you it goes. You have full control over it. So, like I said, you want to make sure that you like and subscribe to Retro Redoctopus, uh, both their Facebook page and in the Facebook group. Make sure you like and subscribe to Throwdown Thursday, both our Facebook page and in the interactive Facebook group. And uh, Invite all your friends. Invite your friends and let's see what happens. Yeah, become part it's of the conversation. Like one of those social experiments that's Plus you'll get, it's kind of exciting. You'll get some secret insight on the Big Castlevania contest. And you can see fun pictures of our cats because we post those. We do. And uh, some people post pictures of their dogs. And we do yes. a lot of fun things. So check out the groups. And uh, we got anything else we want to talk about? I like wine. Okay. Tomorrow, okay. by the time when you hear this, uh, we're oh going to be at guys, Mystic. I'm gonna go play with penguins. Penguins. So if you hear on the news that some crazy lady down in Mystic, Connecticut, was arrested for trying to capture a beluga whale while singing "Baby Beluga," I'm gonna need some bail money. Because I am certainly not paying it. <laughs> Because he is poor. And uh, I think with that being said, I want a beluga in my bathtub. Yes. But aside from that, we, we will, will see you next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>